We're so glad that you joined us today for this podcast from Bishop Quentin Moore and the Father's House in Hutchinson, Kansas. God loves you and wants the best for you, and we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Share your story with us by sending an email to mystory@fathershouse.net. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at fathershouse.net slash give. Just select the option that works for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. How many of you liked the last few weeks? Um, we've been talking about this guy by the name of Beniah and, and running at the roar. By the way, if you wrote a note about uh, run at the roar ba- bracelets, we did find a bag of them back there. So we do have some if you want one. Um, but last few weeks, we've been talking about running at the roar and this guy, dude by the name of Beniah. And he's the one who jumped into a, lion, jumped into a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Um, which that took a lot of guts uh, for him to do that. I don't know that I would have done that because a lion will eat me. But Lion King just played through my head um, for a minute. But before he jumped into the, into, the, into the pit, the Bible says that he killed two Moabites. And, and the Bible describes them as lion-like. Lion-like. He also went up against a seven foot, seven and a half foot tall Egyptian, took his spear, and killed him with his own spear. Okay? Beniah was one bad mamajama, let me tell you. Okay? He was a bad dude. And so we've been talking about this thing about running at the roar. Okay? This, this, this sound, this, this situation, this person maybe who is coming up against you and what are you going to do? You're going to run at the roar. And last week, Pastor Sean talked about this um, faith, this divine persuasion uh, that we have. I really feel, and I think I can speak for for Bishop Quentin and Pastor Sean, uh, that they feel as well that the last few weeks, maybe the last few months has been this, this setting up this conditioning, this preparation for this next season that God has for this church. Um, And we really, really, really need to lean in here, okay? Um, Because something big is going to happen. Q's alluded to it with sending men to men's encounter. Uh, So something big is going to happen. So last week, Pastor Sean talked about faith, divine persuasion, and he quoted Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It goes on in verse 6 to say, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith, in this context, is the Greek word pistis. You can laugh, it's funny, but it's the word pistis, meaning to persuade. That it's not me trying to convince you of something, but it's God giving you all of this evidence and putting it on the inside of you, and you have this divine persuasion that once you weren't, now you are. Okay? It's not something you can conjure up. It's not something you can do on your own. It's something that is given to you. Faith is a gift that you are given and you act upon. I think that's the first step. That's only the beginning. 
that there's so much more from there. In fact, it's even designed in our mission statement for this church, for this organization, to create an atmosphere or a space where you can discover, you can develop, and you can deploy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This divine persuasion, this discovery that you have, not that you go and find it, but that God finds you and gives you this evidence of who he is on the inside of you. That's the discovery. That's the divine persuasion. And it's this evidence that wells up on the the inside of you and you're just convinced. And you don't even know why you're convinced. You're just convinced. I asked in, 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 in preparation, you can ask Ashley, you can ask Alexis, you can, or Heather, um, John. I, as I was kind of working this up, I said, what do you do when you are persuaded of something? When you're convinced of something, what do you do? All of them said different answers of a sort. But most of it was, well, if I'm convinced of something, if God convinces me, I'm going to go and study and learn what I'm convinced about so that I can convince or try to convince and help other people discover Christ for their own. This growth that happens, you're going to develop. You're going to discover and then develop. Develop the gifts on the inside of you. Develop something. They all want to grow. They want to learn. This developed part is growing in freedom and growing in truth. Finding a new perspective, a new worldview, something that maybe you didn't know before. This develop is also a casting off of sorts. Because we all have weights. We all have these things that hold us back. I am not immune to it. I have them too. But part of this this develop and grow stage is to take those weights that have been shackled onto us and begin to cast them off. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we have been surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight that entangles us. Why? So that we may run at the roar. It, that, that scripture reminds me, have you ever um, seen the movie Forrest Gump? Everybody's seen Forrest Gump, right? Tim Allen, or uh, Tom Hanks. Um, run, Forrest, run. If you remember that scene, he's got these braces on his legs. He's got these braces. And so when he runs, it's this jumping thing that he does it, right? And in that scene, when he's a kid, he's... As he continues to run, these braces begin to crack and pieces come off and shatter. And this weight, these things that held him back from reaching his full potential begin to shed off. And as they shed off, he could run farther and faster and stronger. That's what it means to cast off this weight. The message puts it this way, no extra spiritual fat. I'm going to leave that there and not go for it. It's another sermon. But you got to grow. You got to lay lay aside those things that keep you held down. I used to go to the gym. Used to. Um, Don't anymore. Should, probably. And they would give me these weights. They would give me these weights. Me. Weights. They They don't coexist. But... They would say, okay, now I want you to go back and forth with these weights. And so you'd have to do these little squat things and whatnot. And I was like, oh, these are so... But then they would put 
these little bands around my ankles, they're like two, three pounds. They're nothing, okay? I'm thinking, what are you doing here? And so then they'd make you do this whole circuit thing, and by the end of it, I'm winded. Oh, I can't move. My legs are burning. They're on fire. Three pound weights, three pounds on each leg. I can't move. But the minute I took those things off, man, I felt like I could jump higher, run faster, because that weight wasn't there anymore. That weight wasn't there. And sometimes you just grow while running. Sometimes you don't have a moment to go to a gym and to lift weights and get yourself prepared. Sometimes you just got to run. And in the running, you're going to grow. You can't run with those weights holding you down, those bad habits, that struggle, that past event, that past abuse. You, you, you have to let it go. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to take the attitude of, well, yeah, I messed up. I got this bad habit. and or This happened to me, that happened to me. But it's fine because Jesus died for it and it's covered under the blood. I don't have to deal with it. Jesus dealt with it. It's covered. It's done. That's true. Yes, you are correct. You are 100% correct. Jesus died. His blood covers it. It is covered. It is forgiven. It is done. As far as Christ is concerned, you are forgiven. As far as your eternal salvation is concerned, you are saved. But as far as your own mind is concerned, that might be another story. You see, so Christ can forgive us and heal us in an instant for our own selves. It may not take, it may not be instantaneous. It might take just a little bit. And so we, I don't want us to walk around forgiven, but not healed. Here's the other thing I don't want us to do. I don't want us to take the attitude of, well, I messed up. I did this, this happened, this is what happened. I'm useless, I'm worthless, I can't do anything. God can't use me with that. God can't use me because of this. God just, I'm worthless. There's no even point in trying. That's the immensity of the weight convincing you and trying to take away your divine persuasion. That is the weight trying to hold you down and convince you of something that you have not been divinely convinced of. That weight can do that. So developing, discovering, and developing. Growing isn't about living in the past. It isn't about dwelling on the situation or that situation. It is, it, is, it is all about looking at that situation, looking at that past trauma, looking at that past event, and when it roars, you roar back. You roar back. Because when you cast off and when you face that thing, it becomes easier and you can move up a level. You can move up a level. I'm not saying you have to be perfect with no baggage. I'm not saying you can't have, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you have to cast all your weights before God can use you. I'm saying you have to be willing to cast it off. And that's probably the hardest thing any one person can do. But it is so worth it in the end. It is so worth it in the end. So developing this divine persuasion, this growth and develop on the inside of us leads us to the next phase. Deploy. 
go. Make a difference. Do something you haven't done before. You move out, and this is a part of the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. This is modeled in Christ's ministry and the life of the disciples. The disciples said, thou art the Christ, this divine persuasion, that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then they walk and develop and run along Jesus and watch him and the miracles, learn from him, asking him questions, developing the things that are on the inside of them that God has planted for them. And then they go out into the world to create churches and ministries, heal the sick, raise the dead. It's not that they didn't, they weren't perfect. They still struggled with stuff. I mean, look at Peter. But he moved on to do great things. You see, I think that develop and deploy go hand in hand. You don't develop and then you go but you do it together. Because the level to which you de de uh, develop determines the level to which you deploy. Let me say it this way. The level to which you grow determines the level to which you go. But the inverse is true as well. The level to which you go is determines the level to which you grow. Sometimes you just got to get up and go. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the end result is. But sometimes you just got to put your big boy pants on and run at that thing. You may not have it all together. You may not have the tools. You may not have the, 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 the knowledge or the skill. But sometimes you just got to run. And it's in the running. It's in the going that God will grow you for something more. Hebrews 11 shows all of this. It is this litany, this list of people who, by faith, this person did this. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Moses did this. And it says here, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place in which he would receive. And he went out. He went. He said, I'll go, not knowing where he was going. Abraham didn't have a clue where he was headed. But he said, I'll go. Isaiah had no clue where he was going. But in the year that his friend died, he saw the Lord, Isaiah 6. And God said, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And Isaiah said, send me, I'll go. He didn't know where. He didn't know the tools that he would need. He just said, I will go. No one sees the end at the beginning. No one sees the destination when they first start out. Quentin and Annie did not see this place when they packed up a horse trailer 30-some-odd years ago and moved to Hutch. They didn't. They didn't see the daycare that would become the largest child care in the city. They didn't see the hundreds of people that would come in week in, week out to be touched through their ministry. They did not see themselves leading an organization with a global impact, a global footprint. They didn't see that. They just said, I'll go. Sean and Heather, 10 years ago, did not foresee the type of leadership that they would be giving to this church. They didn't. Sean will be the first to tell you, he didn't. 
But he, did, he said, I'll go. I'll go. I didn't see myself standing up here speaking to you once a year, delivering a sermon. I didn't see that in 2002. What I saw was my youth church needed a website. I'll go. I was 17. Half of my life has spent here. I realized that in the middle of my sermon first service. I'm 34. So I've been here 17 years. Half of my life. I did not foresee me standing up here speaking to you. I saw a website that needed help. I, I didn't even know what I was doing because I was still taking classes. I was 17, a junior in high school. I was still taking a website class, learning how to do a website. But I said, I'll do it. They asked me, I said, yes, I'll go. Let me tell you, I'm a different person than what I was 17 years ago. I'm a different person and I credit it to the fact that I said, I'll grow. I've struggled. You've struggled. We've all struggled. But I've grown. I am growing and I will grow. But see, this isn't limited to ministry staff. This isn't limited to the people who are pastors at this church who get up on this stage and they speak to you. This isn't limited to us. Because I believe that this next season of this church, the next season of your life is going to be a great season. And God is going to do some miraculous and incredible things, not just through the ministry staff, but through you. Through you. Through you, God is going to do incredible things. But we have to say, I'll go. This divine persuasion, this faith that we have is an active faith. We don't sit on our laurels waiting for something to happen. We pursue, we press on, we move, we go. Four years ago was the first time I spoke up here in front of you. Four years about two to three weeks, everybody was going on vacation. Two to three weeks prior to that, Heather came up and said, hey, we're not going to call somebody in. I think you can preach. <laughs> Do what? Hey, wait, what? I'd spoken in youth before and done something, and I'd done host segments and, you know, short little two-minute things. Um, you put me in front of a teleprompter, I'll read a script all day, but you stand me up in front of you? Where, where Bishop Quentin is your lead guy? And I, what, what, I, I can't preach like him. I can't preach like Heather. I can't preach like Sean. I, I don't, and she said, no, I think you can. I think you can trust it. I think you can do it. And so in my mind, I had to live up to this thing. I was scared out of my mind, scared out of my mind. But I said, I'll go, I'll do that. That's been my journey through this church for 17 years. In 2002, our youth church needed a website. I said, I'll go. 2004, our uh, design, our graphics, we were still using clip art. Um, and I said, mm, I'll go. And then let me tell you, that website and those designs were awful. They were terrible. But I said, I'll go. In 2005, we had a tragedy here in our church 
um, where a, a child lost their life and they brought to me some VHSs that they wanted a video put together. I'd never done video editing in my entire life. Never did I think I was going to edit video. And my first video was probably the most important video I've ever done. And in 2015, I gave my first sermon here. And I preach once a year. And some of you are saying, thank you, Jesus. It's just one year. It's just once. I just got to listen to this guy one time a year. One weekend out of 52, I'm good with that. What God's growing you for, I don't know. What God's developing inside of you, I don't know. But you got to go. You have to say, I'll go. Yeah, but I'm not ready. You got to go. In, in, in downtown, when we had our, our youth church, we used to sing this song called Invitation Fountain. One of the lyrics of that song is, if you lead me, Lord, I will follow. Where you lead me, Lord, I will go. If you lead me, God, I'll follow you. If you lead me, I'll go. And we were singing that one time downtown. I'll never forget it, ever. It's one of the few times that I can absolutely say God spoke to me. God speaks to me, but sometimes I can't decide if it's just me, if it's the taco, or if it's God. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you, you think you've got God speaking to you, but you're really just not sure, and so you're unsure. This time, I'm absolutely 100% convinced it was God. And God said, if you go, I will lead you. We're singing, if you lead me, God, if you take the, if you lead me, I'll follow you. And God said, no, you take the first step. If you go, if you go, I'll lead you. I really feel God speaking that to this church. If you go, church, God will lead us. If you go, God will lead you. Yeah, but I'm just not ready. There's a lot of things that I want to do first. I just, I'm just not ready. Better get ready. We're three weeks away from baby. Kara's three weeks away from due date. If you didn't know she was pregnant, I will get you the number to an optometrist because you need your eyes checked. <laughs> and on Thursday of this week, Thursday? Thursday of this week, we had an issue. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, but um, it, was a, it was a small issue, but an issue nonetheless. And our nurse said, you need to come to the hospital. So we went up to, to we drove to Wichita. Everything turned out fine. But in the midst of that, she goes, oh, I'm not ready. We got three weeks left. I'm not ready. I don't, I'm not ready. Because they told us to go to labor and delivery. I'm not ready. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not ready either. But ready or not, here we go. I'm not ready. Here we go. We didn't know where we were going. We literally did not know where we were going. I had to call the nurse. We had never, I've never been to, Wesley Hospital is a very large place. It's like 16 and a half floors, covers four city blocks. It's very large. I had no idea where labor, labor and delivery is. So we get to Mount Hope. And I'm calling the nurse going, where do I go? Like, I know how to get to Wesley, but once I get to Wesley, <laughs> I don't want to have this baby in the parking lot, okay? Where do I go? So they told us, 
but I'm one of these people. I got to know where I'm going. I got to know where I'm going. Maybe you're like me. You got to know where you're going before you go. But sometimes you just got to go because that's what the situation requires. Ready or not, here we go. Ready or not, here we go. They always ask me, and I'm talking about it since we're three weeks. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? And I respond with, well, you know, we've got the nursery done and we've got a bunch of things. We have more clothes than this kid will ever wear in his entire life. Um, you know, you know, whatever. And then they usually follow it up with, yeah, you're never ready. I'm thinking if you already knew the answer to this question, why did you ask the question? If I, you know I'm not ready, give me some advice here and tell me how to get ready here, okay? Because I need to know. But sometimes you just gotta go. Sometimes you just gotta go. We're getting ready to go into a season of life, of parenthood. I don't know. I wanna be a dad. I know, thank you. I know this much about what it is to be a dad because I never had one when I was growing up. I had father figures, I had father, you know, father figures and, and a grandfather and people I could look up to and ask questions, but I never had my dad. But I'm called to be Wyatt's dad. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go because God's called me. God's anointed me. He's anointed you and he's called you to do something greater. He's anointed you and he's called you and he's developing you and he's growing you into something. Who knows what it is? No one knows what the end is gonna be, but God has called you to do something for the kingdom of God, to move the needle forward. You gotta go, church. You gotta lead that small group. You gotta write that devotional. You gotta read that devotional. You gotta pray for that person. You gotta pray for your spouse but I don't know how. Go anyway. If you go, God will lead you. But you gotta step out. You gotta get out of your comfort zone. You gotta shake off those weights that are holding you down and say, no matter what the weight, no matter what the problem, no matter the size of the lion that is roaring at me, I am going to go and roar back. You gotta go, church. For 30 some odd years, this church has never been confined to these four walls. It has never been confined. It is not confined. It will never be confined. This is a go church. We went to Mexico. We went across the world. We went into our community and we will continue to do that. But you gotta go. Your grow is connected to your grow and your grow is connected to your go. Stand with me.
Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Father's House. We hope you stay connected by following us online at fathershouse.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at TFH Hutch.